Again. Hallelujah. Well, listen for me. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Praise the Lord. This is uh, what do you mean what they are? They're cardboard and got a little picture. Yeah. Yes, birthday gifts from the little class. Praise the Lord. Isn't that marvelous? Thank you, teacher. Thank you, others. Amen. 84th chapter of Psalms. I know you've stood quite a bit, but you're going to be sitting quite a bit. So if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's Word, the complete chapter of the 84th Psalm. Hallelujah. Everybody got it? Praise the Lord. We're waiting on you. I want you to read with me so you'll know I won't misquote it. Amen. Amen. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Yea, the sparrows hath found a house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in the house. They shall still be praising thee. Salah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts, is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walketh uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Father, we have been blessed tonight. We have felt your holiness, felt some semblance of the Shekinah glory of God. And we thank you for that. Any visitation of you, Lord, we long for and our souls cry for. Now, Lord, place our attention now upon your word. Settle our spirit and settle our heart. And let us hear what the spirit hath to say unto the church. Father, I pray with the, for the anointing of God. For the Holy Ghost of God to saturate. And God, more than anything else, that lives that are here tonight would be open to you and to your word. We give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Anytime you enter into the Psalms, as we've said before, you either find David complaining or praising. 
Amen. So it makes us feel good when we can go into the Psalms and read them and voice our complaints to God with David, knowing that David is a man after God's own heart. It also makes us feel good when we can walk into the Psalms and voice our praise with David. He'd after hard times and hard lives, darkness that has settled around about us and adverse conditions everywhere, that we can still enter in with the psalmist David with praise to Almighty God. Now, we just read some beautiful words there, but the psalmist David was in quite a precarious condition, and it really doesn't mean much to us till we understand what is happening here. He says some beautiful things, and his soul is crying out for something. If I had a title for this tonight, it would be Longing for the House of God. I think maybe that's alien to Christendom today. I really do when I look at it and see how careless that we are and how I'm not talking just about community chapel, but everywhere, just how careless we are about the house of God, what it really means to us, how important it is to us. And when we really look back and see what was happening in the position David was in when he was pinning this psalm, You'll find that he was banished from the capital, which he was king of. And he was banished from the tabernacle of the Most High God. And all of this took place because of the rebellion of his son Absalom. And this exile was one of the most painful experiences in the life of David. And he had a lot of painful experiences. And 2 Samuel 15, 30 says, When he left the city... His sorrow is recorded by these words, 2 Samuel 15, 30. He went up by the ascent of Olivet, wept as he went up, and his head covered, and he went barefoot. And when we put all those things together and listen to the pleading cry of the psalmist David here, we find quite a pathetic sight to behold. We see a king of old age, driven from the city that he had founded and that had prospered under him by his own son. We find his home of many years, the place of his power, the place of his glory, and the place of his happiness. He was estranged from that. But the thing that I notice is what does this great man who was a man after God's own heart miss and cry for the most? The power that he had, and certainly it was great power, The glory that he had as king, or does he miss his kingdom? Does he miss his riches? No, sir, and a thousand times no. His greatest grief in this time arose from the fact that he had been sundered from the worship of the house of God. And when I looked at that, tears come to my eyes, and I thought, God, we have so easily access to your house. We have our daily services and we come, but we do not really miss it. In fact, some miss it so little that they're in a habit of missing, sometimes a lot and sometimes a little. But this man was showing us what it is like to be estranged from the house of God, not from his kingdom, not from the glory he had as king, not from his riches, because he was living as a vagabond, But he certainly missed the house of God. He missed his daily entrance into that place. 
His most ardent desire, as you read about this, was for him to return to the enjoyment and the privileges that was afforded him by the house of God. Notice what he says, how amiable or how friendly are your tabernacles, O Lord. And he says, my faith longeth, my soul longeth. I even faint for the courts of the Lord, and my place cries out for the living God. On and on you can read where David pins his grief and his sorrow and his inability to come to the house of God. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. He was saying how lovable is it when I could enter into that place. How friendly it was when I could leave everything else behind me. All the weight and load of a king in the kingdom. All the things that my enemy says and enter in to the tabernacle of God. And how refreshing it is. How welcome it was for me daily. Oft times he used the house of God. Not just three times a week. Not just four times a week. But it was daily entrance into the house of God. And David become accustomed to that. And that's how he lived. Because he found in the house of God what he could not find any place else. I thought, God, it's the same thing through today. What we find in the house of God, you can't find out there. And you can't buy that with all the money and the riches in this world. You only find it in the house of God. We can have services ourselves and we can pray by ourselves. But there's something about coming to the house of God. Where we can just cast all our cares upon Him and He cares about us. There's something about looking in friendly faces and seeing somebody by their eyes saying, I know how you feel and I still love you just the same. There's something about the house of God that you're not going to find anyplace else. I wonder as I watch people, God, some way, somehow, are we ever going to return to the time when people would do anything in this world to get to the house of God. I'm not too old, but I'm not too young to remember the times when saints of old would wrap their children in heavy blankets, put some straw in their wagons, and in the coldest part of the night, coldest part of the winter or whatever it is, they needed to get to the house of God. They'd had hard days, and it was hard back then. A lot of them had walked behind walking plows, and they had labored, and they'd got up before sunrise, and they went to bed after sunset. And at those times, there was only usually one service a week, and that was on Sunday night. And they needed the house of God, and do whatever was necessary to get to the house of God. I thought, God, we got it too easy. We need something to prick our hearts and make us realize what a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The tabernacle was dear to David. He loved it with all his heart. He says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, the place where thine honor dwelleth. You'll find that in Psalms 26 and 8, David's desire. He says in Psalms 23 and 6, was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
You see, there was something about that that made David think that perhaps heaven was just like that. And he wanted to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know what the house of the Lord is going to be like in the kingdom of God, but it is my desire now. Uh, older I get, the more I realize I need the house of God. The more troubled I get, the more grief that I have to bear, the more I realize that I have to run to God and not from God. And I realize God has afforded us a beautiful place of worship and we ought to run into the house of God. And we ought to desire to be there every time the doors is open or we possibly can. Amen. Great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every soul, not just David, but every soul that knows God should love the house of God and should delight in worship. It should not be a drudgery to worship God. It should not have to be pride out of us. I notice sometimes Brother Robert up here just pulling and pulling and struggling in his prying worship out of us. And it ought to flow so freely from here because what we ought to realize is when we enter that door, I'm coming into the tabernacle of God and I'm here to worship Him. I'm not here to please anybody else or care what anybody else thinks. I'm here to worship my God and I'm here to worship and serve Him. And if I do that... He'll take care of the rest of my problems. Hallelujah. Leave them all out there. Most likely they'll be there when you leave, when you get back. But one thing about it, you will have been blessed. And you will have been honored by the Lord. And you will have honored God. And the trials and troubles you left out there, that meets you won't seem near as big because you've been in the presence of the Lord. You have found it a privilege to delight in worship of God. David had his reasons for his love for the house of God. And we ought to have them too. And I want to point some of those out tonight to you because we're going to be in the house of God pretty often now in the next few weeks or next week or so. And we ought to want to come there. Now there's four reasons, probably more than that, but four reasons David longed for the house of God. David loved it because it was a place of fellowship. Amen. Not battleship, but fellowship. Amen. It's a place where we could come, saints of like precious faith, and we could share our experiences like Sister Catherine just did with us. Several years ago that experience was, and it's something about it when you think about the glory of the Lord coming down, there's something about that that just thrills the soul. Amen. Hallelujah. It's been a lot of years. I was part of that. I saw it. I, I felt the worship of God. It's been a lot of years. But there's something about fresh experiences when we first found God that never goes away. And it's there because we have felt the reality of it. And we can share those experiences with one another. We can share our joys with one another. Ha had a good day today. And all the good things that happened. And we can share those joys, and not only that, but we can share the sorrows of one another. We ought not to be ashamed to share our, to even let our sorrows be known. We ought to realize that this is the house of fellowship. This is a place where we come, share our experiences. Not only the good ones, but the bad ones. Not giving the devil any credit. We share our joys and the things good that happen to us. And then we share our sorrows. Life 
wasn't too good for me this past week. The devil and the powers of the enemy was, was there all around me. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. That's not praising the devil at all. I just didn't have a good week. And there's nothing wrong with that. And sharing those sorrows with one another. And letting one another lift you up. Hallelujah. And lift one another up. And realize without saying, I know what you feel like. I've had a pretty good week. And now I want to share your sorrows. And I want to lift you up. You see, we ought to be able to look in the eyes of the saints of God. We oughtn't to have to come and put our arms around you all the time. And all of this, we oughtn't to have to do that. You ought to realize they are here in the service because they love you. Amen. They came here because we're in love with one another. We're here because we care for one another. Otherwise than that, we wouldn't be here. And you oughtn't have to look here in the eye. You ought to be able to tell that somebody is taking your heartache, your sorrows, your difficulties, and taking them to their heart and asking God to do something about it. You see, it's a sad thing to have to share our sorrows by ourselves. This is a place of united prayer. Well, we come and unite our voices together in prayer. This is a place of united praise. Amen. Where everyone that has a voice ought to praise God without any prompting, without any urgency. They ought to just realize, hey, I'm in the tabernacle of God. I'm in the house of God. I've left everything else out there. I drove myself here. I didn't want to come, but the Spirit inside of me urged me to come. And now I'm here. And because I'm here, I'm going to take something home with me. And I'm going to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise to the eternal God. This is a place where adoration and aspirations are voiced as a body to the eternal God. I don't think there's anything more beautiful as far as God is concerned and uplifted hearts and hands and voices united in praise just to Him and adoration to Him. Not asking Him for anything. Not a prayer of give me Lord but just simply uplifted heart and hands and adoration to God. That simply says Lord I lift you up. I adore you and I extol thee. I lift you and I count you higher than anything in my entire life. I worship you. And then the aspirations of what we want to be. Not what we are, but what we want to be, we voice as a body to the eternal God. And he hears that. You have any aspirations, things that you need in your life? Changes in your life that you need. Things that's in there that you wouldn't want to voice to anybody else. That you wouldn't want to admit to anybody else. Uh, you wouldn't even want to hear any, you, anybody hear you confess to anybody else. That there's something inside. Aspirations that says, God, I don't want to be like this anymore. God, I don't want to walk this direction anymore. I don't want this power of discouragement and despondency on me anymore. I don't want this anymore. God, my aspirations are to be a better child of God than I've ever been in my entire life, Lord. I want you to help me do that. Hallelujah. As a body, as a voice, every one of us has aspirations. Every one of us has desires and places we have not reached. 
I've said it so often. My plea was to God 41 years ago. I lay in the cab of a crude oil truck. Felt my calling to preach. Knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was upon me. And I heard him speak to me, just me alone. And tell me some things that he was going to do in my life. That was going to happen in my ministry. Things that have never happened yet. I look around and I say, God, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any stronger. And I need these things to happen. If that was your voice, Lord... And when I cry out to Him, even in the midst of our prayer, my aspirations to God is to find a place in Him that He said I could have if I would die to myself and live to Him. It's easy, saints. It's easy to come to church. It's easy to enter into the house of God. But it's hard to be part of the church, as has already been said. It's easy for us to come and sit. It's easier for us to pick out faults from one another and things that ought to be and things that ought not to be. It's easy to do that. But how about using the house of God the way David used it? How about recognizing that we really miss something whenever we can't come to the house of God? How about realizing that we can come in united prayer and praise, aspirations, adoration, and we can voice them as a body to the eternal God and know that heavens are open and He hears what we have to say. Jesus opened them up for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's a place of communion. Not only with God, but communion with one another. Communing together with God. The Bible says we are workers together with Him. And if we can't find ourselves working together, we can't work with Him. Amen? Number two, it's a place of prayer and praise. This is where glad and grateful hearts pour out their joy and their thankfulness to Him as we open up in hymns of praise. And they're accompanied by thousands of memories of His love and of His compassion. Here we're worshiping Him. Here we're praising Him. And while we're doing that, we're leaving everything else outside. Whatever might be upon our lives, whatever sickness might have gripped us, whatever disease, whatever despondency, or whatever discouragement, and we are praising God in hymns and songs, and we're accompanied by thousands of memories of how good God was, and what He's done for us already, and what He'll continue to do for us. Talk about His love. Talk about His compassion. He shouldn't have never touched our lives in any way. He was too good for that. Amen. There's not one single one of us here ever deserved anything that God has ever done for us. And that's not the last thing we never will. And we thank God for His compassion. We thank God for the day that He looked down upon us. 
while he was mocking him and laughing at him and while he was crucifying him and while they were slapping him and while they were ridiculing him and while they were lacerating his back with ribbons and drove those nails in his hands and drove his nails in his feet and pierced his side and he was there because God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not perish and we find the memories of the times that God saw us as we was longing and walking in the deserts and our hopes and dreams and aspirations was gone but Jesus came and there he found us and he washed us and he cleansed us and he didn't care what we had ever done before he didn't care where we came from all he cared was that my blood was shed for you and he redeemed us hallelujah he redeemed us memories memories they may go back more years than mine Talk to some old people sometimes, and I think Sister Anna Warren, we know her, and uh, how how old she is, how she has been a warrior, and yet her praise and her honor, and memories, memories of the time when God was so gracious, and God was so caring, and when He found us. As he did Israel wandering in a desert place. Our throats were dry. Our tongue was swollen. Our bodies was dying. Our spirit was dead already. And then we found Jesus. True. And most of us found him in the tabernacle of God. Most of us realized this. And we that didn't find him there knew that that was a good place to run. Hallelujah. The best place in the world we could go, saints, has been in David's time, still is, is in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said you go there not to please somebody else, not caring what somebody else might think or do, You go there to have communion with God and to be able to have communion one with another. We miss a lot when we run into the last minute and run out immediately. Amen? We miss a lot. Now, I can understand sometimes why we do. Or sometimes we don't want to stand around and listen to the grabbing and complaining of one another. That's what the house of God's not for that. Amen. It's not for, to grab and complain. It's just to lay it down like it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with us coming in. And as I said, saying I really didn't have a very good day. I really didn't have a very good week. Everything was not sweet and rosy. I can't pretend that everything went the way that I wanted it to go. I can't pretend that. But I'm here because I need some spiritual support. I need the house of God. I need the saints of God. I need God above everything else. And Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. There are people that isolate themselves. It's a bad thing. Bad thing. This is a place that ought to be where anxious, troubled saints can cast their burden in prayer and do it and place it upon the loving heart of God and the sin of it on the Savior. And there we find rest. I tell you, saints, 
Something moves in my spirit. It is a crying shame and we've missed the point. When we bring our burdens and when we uh, bring our anxieties and troubles into the house of God and leave with them. Amen. It's not right. There's something missing someplace. Either from us or from God. And I don't think it's from God. I think maybe it's because we don't really realize what we're supposed to be doing here. Amen. We're here to honor God, yes. But we're here to petition and place these things before Him. Come in trouble and anxious if you want to. But don't leave that way. The house of God is for us to cast our burdens on Him in prayer. And realize this. There's a loving heart there. There's a heart that cares. And then any sin that might have attached itself to our life. Cast upon the Savior. And then walk out with some peace. Friend, this world needs peace. Saints of God need peace. Amen. We need peace from a troubled world. And peace only comes when there's a supreme trust in God. We need rest, saints. We need rest for our souls. We need to find a place. David said, I'd rather... Have one day in your courts. <laughs> it's better than a thousand any place else. And yet we find individuals who are supposed to love God. Finding our shopping malls and everything else a little bit better than the house of God. Possibility they don't know what the house of God is for. Let them be ostracized for that if they ever really knew what it was. And they're going to cry out like David. David was forced to be away from the tabernacle. He didn't miss the glory of a king. He didn't miss the riches of his kingdom. He didn't miss the honor of what it was. He traveling like a vagabond seeking his life. And his own son done it for him and to him. All he cared about was I miss the house of God. I miss my place of worship. I miss the times that I can come and share with you, directly with you. And not only that, but this is a place where warnings and exhortations are given to us. And they become of unspeakable importance and value. You see, church is not where we come. Sing three songs. Hope the preacher's not too long-winded because I've got to go to Wendy's or someplace like that. Because everything that happens in the house of God is important to us that when we leave here, we will be fortified with the powers of the enemy. And every word that is spoken from this pulpit is important to us. Mostly unspeakable importance and has a value. A lot of words fall on deaf ears. There's a lot of Christians in trouble tonight because they counted the word of God as no importance to them and listened not to the...
and listen not to the exhortations of God and listen not as God told them what would happen should they walk away from Him. Then we have those who cry and moan and wonder, why is God doing this to me? Well, God's not. The house of God provided David an umbrella, a canopy where he went into it. And where he could leave all his sorrows and all of those things. Place them. You see, when he went there, he had burdens. A king has burdens. He has troubles. And he realized he couldn't be the type of king he ought to be without the house of God. And so he would run into the house of God. When he come out, he still had the kingly burdens and still had the problems of a king. And there was something different about David. Circumstances hadn't changed, but David had. That's what the house of God is supposed to do for us. Circumstances may not change, but we're supposed to change because we have been in the house of God. Hallelujah, we recognize what we're here for. And we walked out, chilled and thrilled and anointed because God was there. Number four, it's a place of divine communion. There, said the Lord, I will meet with thee. I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. Now God said that. There, where? In the house of God. In the place of God. Mercy seat could be the altar tonight. Or your seat tonight. Or wherever you're at. And he said, there, in the house of God, I'll meet with you. Hallelujah. I like that, don't you? Hallelujah. If you'll come, I'll meet with you. And I'll commune with you. To the godly soul... The presence of God is the greatest attraction there is in the world today. I'm talking about ball games, television, whatever other attraction that shines and looks great and glitters. I'm talking about the house of God and the presence of God that's in the sanctuary of God ought to be the greatest attraction in the world. And if you ever have a superstar, it ought to be Jesus Christ. Listen to me, young people. You usually want a superstar. And we usually garner them from Magic Johnson or or, uh, Jordan or whoever else and look at the life they live. Is this the type of person that you ought to pattern your life after? No, sirree. There's just one that you can look at, and that's Jesus Christ Himself that died for you. And if you want a superstar that you can see, feel, and hear, pick out a godly saint of God. Say, that's who we like to be like. Hallelujah. Why would they want to be like that? Because they see in that individual Christ. They see in that individual a desire to fulfill the commandments of God. They may see some failures in us. And most likely they will. I'll guarantee you one thing. We're not womanizers. We don't have AIDS. Amen. We don't run around... Uh, just like uh, most of them do. We look at those great movie stars and all they are. Look at Hollywood. Look what it's done. I'm talking to you, saints. Look what it's done. I still say if you want a superstar, it's Jesus. 
And parents, you need to introduce your children to the superstar of all superstars, and that's Jesus Christ. And you ought to let them know that there are things that they can do that they must never take the place of Jesus Christ. I know I feel it. I gotta tell you the truth. There's a whole lot of homes messed up today. There's one that's close to me that's messed up today because they didn't believe the council was any good. They thought God was just gonna wink and eat us all the time. They thought they could just walk their own way, however, and then whenever they got in trouble, God would just come trotting. They never realized that you're going to have to pay someplace down the line. They're paying, and they can't understand what's happened to their life. And the minute you tell them, they don't want to talk about it anymore. The minute we face our problems, the minute we face our troubles, the minute we face them, there's a cure for us. And if we never face them, God can't do anything for us. God's presence has to be realized. Now God is not going to come down and knock you in the head and say, I'm here. God is not going to wade through all the muck and mire that you bring from the outside into the house of God and you sit there and grieve all that and feel sorry for yourself all that. God is not going to wade through that. You've got to come in and realize that there is the presence of God in this house and in your life. You've got to realize His presence. You've got to realize that whether you feel like He's here or not, He said He would be. He said He would be. That ought to be the greatest attraction. His presence ought to be realized. And He ought to be the object of worship. And that ought to be attained. Longing for the house of God. Hurting inside. Because he can't get there. I wonder how many of us have been able to hurt very bad. How many of us have just said, God, I can't wait till Wednesday night service. God, I can't wait till Sunday morning or Sunday night. I'm troubled and I'm burdened down. And I realize that in the house of God, if I can go there, I can find the saints of God and I can find communion with hell. If I could just get to the house of God. But if his presence is not realized, no matter whoever or whatever else is lacking, the one essential thing is lacking. In his presence is fullness of joy. Now you tell me, saints, how we can be in his presence without having joy. 
which makes me wonder sometimes if we have ever allowed ourselves to really be in His presence. Now, I'm just reading His Scripture. Now, just because you're here doesn't mean you're in the presence of God. Amen. That doesn't mean that at all. That simply means when you come, you've got to get into His presence. You don't just walk in the house of God. You don't just flop down in your seat. And you don't just say, well, bless me if you can, preacher. Move me if you can. I tell you what, I'm all set here. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be moved. And whatever you say doesn't mean anything to me. And you go home the same way you come in and wonder what's wrong with the church. Nothing wrong with the church. What's wrong is you. Hey Amen. I like these. That's only that's the only ones I need right now. I'll use the others when I need them. Let's go over that again. In His presence. There's a lot of things that happens in the house of God that maybe we don't particularly like. Maybe you don't like to hear me sing. I'm not singing to you anyway. I'm singing to God. Amen. Maybe you don't like to hear me preach. I'm not preaching because you like to hear me. I'm preaching because God likes to hear me. There's a lot of things, if we look around, that we can find we don't like. We can criticize one another. We can look cross-eyed at one another. And we can wonder this and we can wonder that. And we can wonder why the anointing and not If we do this, it'll come. If we work it this way, it'll come. But the thing that is lacking, that should never be, and that is the presence of the Lord. The anointing of God. Friend, I don't care how beautiful you sing. I don't care how intellectual you are. I don't care how many lessons you've had on acting religious. I don't care about that. If the anointing of God is not in our life and not in our service, we have wasted our time and we have wasted God's time. Friend, we cannot afford to be without the anointing of the God. We can't afford to be without. And He ought to walk in every service. Anointed of God. Adoration. It's not hard to go God when you're conscious of His presence. Hallelujah. When you stand and you lift your arms to God and all at once you realize I'm in the presence of God. And then all at once you sense His approval on what you're doing. Friend, that's heaven of the soul. 
I said, that's heaven of the soul. That's when you simply realize you're conscious of the presence of God. All at once you've been worshiping God. And it's just as if there's something standing by you. There's a supernatural presence surrounding you. There's a hand on your shoulder. There's an angel of God. And you realize He's saying, I approve of where you're worshiping me. I approve of what you're doing. And find the approval of God. Friend, that's heaven of the soul. So absolutely. Hallelujah, so utterly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For all these reasons, there's so many not mentioned. The soul that loves God loves the house of God. Now then. David was not estranged from his God. That's the beautiful part about this. That's the lesson that he was talking about. Because God is everywhere. Wherever David went, he knew God was there. But God, or David made it plain that there's some things that you get in a tabernacle that he desperately needed. And there's some things, saints, that you get in the church of God that you desperately need, regardless of how close God has been to you all this week. There's something about being in the house of God. And if we're not careful, we'll gauge our worship on how many fill the pews. We'll gauge whether God that meets with just a few or not. But that's a misnomer and we should never do that. You see, and David knew that those things that I talked about that he needed desperately from the house of God he couldn't receive as long as he was exiled from it. And so this brought thousands of years ago a very old scripture with a very modern lesson. Preserve for us how friendly are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out. For the living God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They'll still be praising the Lord. And I'm out here. They're blending their voices together. Our musicians are playing. The singers are singing. The scroll is being read. The angels had an authority. See all of this. And David says I'm estranged from that. And God I miss it so desperately. I looked at that. Tears came to my eyes. When I started realizing just how casual that I am about the house of God. Then there was a broken spirit. I thought I would never stop weeping. But God made me to realize of all the beautiful things that the house of God affords and we come and leave and miss and never really know that they was there. 
all the good provisions that God made for us. A place of divine communion. A place of instructions and exhortation where we come and we're instructed and we're exhorted. God has ordained His teachings of the living and abiding Word to be set forth. Teachings of godly, enlightened, anointed ministry can't be estimated too highly because God is talking to us. All of these things, God has said, a place of prayer and of praise, a place of fellowship, a place where we all ought to aspire to go every time we possibly can. We ought to be able to say, Lord, I don't think that I can make it if I ever get to the place. Talk to some of these people that are homebound. Some of these people that's in nursing homes. Some of these people that have been used to the house of God. They can't get there anymore. Ask them how it feels not to be able to enter into our service and feel the compassion and see the joy and hear the word of God and be challenged by that. Ask them how they feel. Then you can get some idea of what would happen if the doors were shut and locked and you couldn't get here. And if you did, you couldn't come in. There's something about that scripture that still touches my spirit. Now, Paul. Now, Paul. Now, Paul. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.